Shalom, lekum, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Today we are looking at this past week's Torah portion, and uh, it's entitled Vayitz. And uh, let me go ahead and read the portion summary for you real quick. The seventh reading from the book of Genesis is name Vayitz, which means, and he went out. The title comes from the first verse of the reading, which says, And Jacob went out from Beersheba. This portion tells us the story of Jacob's flight from his brother Esau, his vision at Bethel, his employment with his uncle Laban, and his marriage to the two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Jacob's double marriage results in a baby-bearing contest that gives him 11 sons. At the end of the portion, Jacob leaves Laban and returns to the land of Canaan, but not before Laban tries to stop him. So our portion is Genesis chapter 28, starting with verse 10, and ends chapter 32 with verse 3. The outline is Jacob has a dream at Bethel. Jacob meets Rachel, Rachel. Jacob marries Laban's daughters, both of them. Jacob prospers at Laban's expense. He does some trickery where some of the flock are concerned. Jacob flees with his family and flocks. Laban catches up to him, but then he eventually makes a covenant with Laban uh, to end the portion for this week. So that is what is on the agenda for this morning. And probably not a lot of uh, commentary from me this morning. Uh, We will point out uh, something obvious and interesting about Jacob's ladder, which if you had listened to the gospel, or if you listened to the gospel studies recently, uh, we've already kind of discussed that. Uh, But we'll recap it again when we get to it. All right. Let's jump right in. Look at this week's Torah portion. Starting with Genesis chapter 28. Verse 10, Vaitz, and he went out. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lightened upon a certain place and tarried there all night, because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and laid down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. Behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, the God of Isaac. The land wherein thy liest to thee will I give it to thee and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, And that shall spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south, and in thee, and thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee, until I have done that which I have spoken thee of." And Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. 
please note, let's take a second here to examine Jacob's latter story real quickly here. So Jacob lays down, right? Says that he took stones and he put them for pillows and he lay down to sleep and he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set upon the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. So we have a ladder that goes from the earth to heaven. Think of it like a bridge from here to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. Okay. Now, in our gospel, according to John's study, what did Jesus say? If you go to chapter 1 and verse 51, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now, any Jewish man listening would have heard those words and knew exactly what Jesus was referring to. Jacob's ladder would have came to memory. Jesus is saying, I am that ladder, that bridge between earth and heaven. And it's just an amazing picture. And it's, it's I feel like it's just so overlooked. Jesus is already in the, is, it's just making the point that I'm the way there, right? I'm how you get from here to there. I'm the ladder. That's what I believe Jesus is saying. And Jacob looks, and he, so he sees the ladder, which is symbolically Jesus, we find out in the New Testament. The angels are descending upon it, ascending and descending. They're going from heaven to earth, back and forth. And he sees the Lord above it. And the Lord says to him, I am the Lord God. Right? I am Jehovah Elohai, or Elohim, the God of Abraham, you were been the God of your father Isaac, and he makes a promise with Jacob, I'm never going to leave you, I'm going to see this thing through, all the seeds and all the families of the earth are going to be blessed by you, I'm going to be with you no matter where you go. Let's continue on. Verse 16, And Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not, and he was afraid. And he said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So we go back to what Jesus said in Luke. I in the ladder, right? And Jacob says, this is the gate. This is the gate to heaven. Now, when in the King James Bible, when Jacob says, how dreadful is this place? It's not, it doesn't mean dreadful in the sense like, like I think we think of the word dreadful. He's just pointing out how terrifying it is to be in the presence of God. He says, how dreadful is this place? Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Verse 18, And Jacob rose up early in the morning, and he took a stone, the stone that he had put for his pillows, and he set it up for a pillar, and he poured oil upon the top of it, 
and he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, I will and keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come not again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. So Jacob says to him within himself, if God, if God does all these things that he says that he's going to do, then he will be my God. Verse 22, And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give a tenth unto thee. Then Jacob went on his journey, and he came into the land of the people of the east. And he looked, and behold, a well in the field, and lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And thither were all the flocks gathered, and they rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep, and put the stone again upon the well's mouth in his place. And Jacob said unto them, My brethren, whence be ye? And they said, Of Haran we are. And he said unto them, Know ye Laban the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? And they said, He is well. And behold, Rachel his daughter cometh with the sheep. And he said, Lo, it is yet high day. Neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water ye the sheep, and go and feed them. And they said, We cannot until all the flocks be gathered together, until they roll the stone from the well's mouth, then we water the sheep. And while he yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. And it came to pass, when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and she told her father. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house and told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him in the space of a month. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. Now, please note, it's just the King James way of being nice here and just letting you know that Rachel was basically exceedingly good-looking. And Rachel was just kind of common, right? As far as her appearance was concerned. Verse 17, or verse 18, And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days, for he loved for the love he had had for her. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled that I may go in unto her. 
And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her to him. And he went in unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpha his maid for a handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did I not serve thee with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give to thee this also for the service which thou shall serve with me yet seven other years. Okay, let's take a second to comprehend what's happened here. And this is where the relationship between Laban and Jacob really starts to have its trust deteriorate. I mean, you have to put yourself in Jacob's shoes for just a second. He's madly in love with Rachel. She's beautiful. It's the woman of his dreams. This is who he wants to be with. He agrees to be a hand to Laban for seven years. He works for Laban for seven years in exchange for Rachel to be his wife. And he's so in love with Rachel that it says that the seven years seemed like nothing to him, right? What does it say exactly? Let me skim back through here. Uh, let's see. So it says, Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love that he had for her. So he fulfills his seven years, and he says, all right, let me have my wife. He brings, and I mean, think of it, it's the middle of the night. They don't have electricity, okay? It's not like you can turn on a light switch, okay? This, is, this stuff is happening in... In dark areas. He brings him. Instead of doing what he promised. Instead of bringing Rachel. He brings Leah. When Jacob wakes up the next morning. Realizes that it's Leah. Try to understand how. Upset you're going to be. Also imagine Rachel. And her feelings. Knowing that the man you love. Is currently lying with your sister. I mean, just a terrible situation. Of course, Jacob's upset that he's been deceived. He was supposed to have Rachel. And Laban says, do another seven years. And then you can have Rachel because it's not, it's not custom for us to give the younger before the older. I mean, just downright wickedness, in, in my opinion. Wicked behavior, I should say. It doesn't mean that Laban's un, a wicked person. It just means this trickery was awful and wrong. And I really think it sets the stage for the rest of the relationship, as we're going to see. Let's continue on. And Jacob did so, and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. So, Ra so Jacob puts in 14 years for Rachel. And Laban gave to Rachel his daughter, Bilhah, his handmaid, to be her maid. 
And when he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served with him yet seven other years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord has looked upon my affliction, now therefore my husband will love me. And she conceived again, and bare a son, and, beca- and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again, and bare a son, and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. And she conceived again, and bare a son, and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah, and left bearing. So right out of the gate, the Lord sees that Leah isn't loved in the way that Rachel is. So he has the Lord has compassion on her and opens her womb. But if you look at what's going on, Leah bears a son and she says, Okay, now my husband will love me, right? I mean, the, there's some serious family troubles here. <laughs> some serious family issues going on here. Then she has a second son and says the same thing. She has four sons, hoping that Jacob's going to love her. Verse thir- or Chapter 30, verse 1. And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children, or else I'll die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in God's stead? Who hath withheld from thee the fruit of thy womb? And she said, Behold, my maid Bilhah, go in unto her, and she shall bear upon my knees, that I may also have children by her. And she gave him Bilhah her handmaid to wife, and Jacob went into her, and Bilhah conceived, and bare Jacob a son. And Rachel said, God hath judged me, and hath also heard my voice, and hath given me a son. Therefore she called his name Dan. And Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again, and bare Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister, and I have prevailed, and she called his name Naphtali. Alright, please note, Jacob has not learned from his grandfather's mistake. Right? Remember the whole story with Abraham and Sarah? Sarah gives him Hagar. He goes into Hagar, bears Ishmael, and then there's just drama, right? Nothing new is being learned here. So now Jacob's bear has had two sons with the handmaid, Bilhah. He's had four with Leah. Rachel still hasn't produced any children yet. Verse 9, when Leah saw that she had left bearing, she took Zilpha, her maid, and gave her to Jacob to wife. So now we have this competition going on between the sisters. Now Leah's going to give Jacob his hand, her handmaid, Zilpha. Verse 10, and Zilpha, Leah's handmaid, bare Jacob a son. And Leah said, A troop cometh, and she called his name Gad. And Zilpha, Leah's handmaid, bare Jacob a second son. And Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters, I will, they will call me blessed. And she called his name Asher. And Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them unto his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Give me, I pray thee, of thy son's mandrakes. And she said unto her, Is it a small matter that thou hast taken my husband? And wouldest thou take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, Therefore he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes. 
And so this is weird as well. Verse 16, And Jacob came out of the field in the evening, and Leah went out to meet him and said, Thou must come in unto me, for I surely have hired thee with my son's mandrakes, and lay with her that night. And God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived and bare Jacob a fifth son. Just a bizarre thing. <laughs> I mean, her... They're having, they really are having a baby bearing contest. And they're arguing over who gets to have Jacob that night. So, God, verse 17, and God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived and bare Jacob the fifth son. And Leah said, God hath given me my hire because I have given my maid unto my husband. And she called his name Ishhar. And Leah conceived again and bare Jacob a sixth son. And Leah said, God hath endured with me a good dowry. Now will my husband dwell with me, because I have borne him six sons. And she called his name Subalan. And afterwards she bare a daughter, and called her name Dinah. And God remembered Rachel. And God hearkened to her, and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son, and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph. And said, The Lord shall add to me another son. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away that I may go into my own place and into my own country, and give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee, and let me go, for thou knowest my service which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thy eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. And he said, Appoint me thy wages, and I will give it. And he said unto him, Thou knowest how I have served thee, and how thy cattle was with me. For it was little which thou hast before I came, and it is now increased unto multitude. And the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. And now when shall I provide for my own house also? And he said, What shall I give thee? And Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me anything. If thou wilt do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flock. And I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from thence all speckled and spotted cattle, and all brown cattle among the sheep, and spotted and speckled among the goats, and of such shall be my hire. So shall my righteousness answer for me in the time to come, when it shall come from my hire before thy face, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats, and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. And Laban said, Behold, I would it might be according to thy word. And he removed that day the he-goats that were wrinkle-straked and spotted, and all the goats that were speckled and spotted, and every one that had some white in it, and all the brown among the sheep, and he gave them unto the hand of his sons. And he set three days' journey betwixt himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. So basically what's going on here is Jacob's wanting some space, right? Laban's not wanting to let him leave because he can see that the hand of Jehovah is upon him, right? Everything that Jacob touches, God is blessing and, and growing. So naturally, Laban's like, I'm getting rich, you know? I do not want him to leave. Look how blessed I'm being. I've got all these grandkids. I've got my flocks have just grew to multitudes. He tells Jacob, I know from experience that I'm being blessed because of you. I don't want you to go. What is it? Tell, name your thing. 
Jacob basically wants some space and he wants his own flocks. And so he's wanting, he's telling Laban, you can keep the attractive ones, like the unblemished ones, and I'll keep the ones that are speckled and spotted. Laban agrees to this. Verse 37, And Jacob took him rods of green poplar and of the hazel and chestnut tree and piled white strakes in them and made the white appear as it was the rods. And he went with the rods which he had piled before the flocks and the gutters and the watering troughs when the flocks came to drink that they should conceive when they came to drink. And the flocks conceived before the rods and brought forth cattle, ring strakes, speckled and spotted. Long story short, Jacob's intentionally breeding what and causing, basically, what are supposed to be his to be bred and born. Okay, this is the trickery. Verse 40, And Jacob did separate the lambs, and he set faces of the flocks toward the ring straked and all the brown and the flock of Laban. And he put his own flocks by themselves and put them not unto Laban's cattle. And it came to pass, whensoever the stronger cattle did conceive, that Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. But when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in, so that the feebler were Laban's and the stronger were Jacob's. And the man increased exceedingly and had much cattle and maidservants and menservants, camels and asses. Chapter 31. And he heard the words of Laban's son, saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's, and of that which our father's hath he gotten all of this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return to the land of thy fathers, to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. And Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field and to his flock. And he said unto them, I see your father's countenance, that it is not toward me as before, but the God of my father hath been with me. And you know that with all my power I have served your father. And your father hath deceived me and changed my wages ten times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. If he said thus, the speckled shall be thy wages, then all the cattle bear speckled. And if he said thus, the ringstrick shall be thy hire, then bear all the cattle ringstrick. Thus God hath taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me. And it came to pass at this time that the cattle conceived and lifted up thy, mine eyes and saw in a dream. And behold, the rams which leaped upon the cattle were ringstrick speckled and grizzled. And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes, and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle, ring strake, speckled, and grisled. For I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointedest the pillar, and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out from the land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. Alright, so please know Jacob's pulling his wives to the side and saying, Look, your dad's changed my wages ten times. Long story short, I'm tired of being messed around. I'm tired of being cheated all the time and being mistreated and lied to and deceived. Furthermore, my God has told me to leave. He's blessing everything that I do. And Laban's 
countenance towards me, his attitude towards me has declined. It's time for us to go. Verse 14. And Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, Is there yet any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not counted of him strangers? For he hath sold us and hath quite devoured our, also our money. For all the riches which God hath taken from our father, that is ours, and our children now, then, whatsoever God hath said unto thee, do. Then Jacob rose up, and he set his sons and his wives upon camels, and he carried away all his cattle and all his goods which he had gotten, the cattle of his getting, which he had gotten in Padadam, Padam Aram, for to go to Isaac his father in the land of Canaan. And Laban went to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. Please note, this is important. These images that Rachel stole were idols. That's what they are. So really, the picture that the Bible's painting of Laban isn't so great. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. Uh, he has idols used for worship. Of course, Rachel takes them, which will become problematic here in a little bit. Verse 20, And Jacob stole away unawares to Laban and Syrian, and that told him not that he fled. So he fled up with all that he had, and he rose up, and he passed over the river, and he set his face towards the Mount Gilead. And it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob was fled. He took his brethren with him, and he pursued after him seven days' journey, and they overtook him in the Mount Gilead. And God came to Laban, the Syrian, in a dream by night, and said unto him, Take heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. Then Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mount, and Laban with his brethren pitched in the mount of Gilead. Let's, not, let's take a minute here and just not overlook this. It, again, the sovereignty of God. Laban probably has some bad intentions, right? God knows this. God's made promises to Jacob, so what's God do? He appears to Laban in a dream and warns him. Hey, you better watch what you're doing. He says, don't talk to Jacob in a bad way or a good way. Verse 26, And Laban said to Jacob, What hast thou done? That I was stolen away unawares to me and carried away my daughters as captives taken with the sword. Wherefore didst thou flee away secretly and steal away from me and didst not tell me that I might have sent thee away with myrrh and with songs and with tabret and with a harp? And hast thou not suffered me to kiss my sons and my daughters? Thou hast now done foolishly in so doing. It is in the power of my hand to do you hurt. But the God of your father spake unto me yesternight, saying, Take thou that thou speak not to Jacob either good or bad. And now, though thou wouldest needs be gone, because thou sore longest after thy father's house, yet wherefore hast thou stolen my gods? See, Laban's identifying Jehovah, Elohim, as Jacob's God, but not as, as his own. In fact, he's asking him, where's my stolen gods? Right? My idols. Where are they? Verse 31, And Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I said, Peradventure thou wouldest take by force thy daughters from me. 
With whosoever thou findest thy gods, let him not live. Before our brethren discern thou what is thine with me, and take it to thee, for Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen them. And Laban went into Jacob's tent, and into Leah's tent, and into the two maidservants' tents, and he found them not. Then he went out of Leah's tent, and entered into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the images, and put them in the camel's furniture, and sat upon them. And Laban searched all the tent, but found them not. And she said to her father, Let it not displease, my lord, that I cannot rise up before thee, for the custom of a woman is upon me. And he searched, found not, searched and found not the images. So she's sitting on, like, this camel pack where they are. And she's basically saying, it's that time of a woman's trouble. So please don't ask me to be getting up, which he doesn't. And Jacob was wroth and chode with Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, What is my trespass? What is my sin that thou hast so haughtily pursued after me? Whereas thou hast searched all my stuff, what hast thou found of all thy household? Of all thy household stuff? Set it here before my brethren and thy brethren, that they may judge between us both. This twenty years have I been with thee. Thy ewes and thy goats have cast their young, and rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn of beast I have brought not unto thee, I bear the loss of it. Of my hand doth thou require it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was in the day the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sheep departed from my eyes. Thus have I been twenty years in thy house, and I have served thee fourteen years for thy daughters, and six years for thy cattle, and thou hast charged my wages, changed my wages ten times. Except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely thou hast sent me away now empty. God hath seen my affliction and the labor of thy hands, and rebuked thee yesternight. So Jacob points it out to Laban. You know, when things would go wrong with the flocks, I would bear the loss. I wouldn't take it out of yours. I've worked 14 years for your daughter, 6 years for the flocks. And you've changed my wages, you've deceived me, and if it weren't for God, you would have sent me away with nothing. Verse 43. And Laban answered and said unto Jacob, These daughters are my daughters, and these children are my children, and these cattle are my cattle, and all that thou seest is mine. And what can I do this day unto thee, these my daughter, or unto their children which they have borne? Now therefore come thou, let us make a covenant, I and thou, and let it be for a witness between me and thee. And Jacob took a stone, and he set it up for a pillar, and Jacob said unto his brethren, Gather stones. And they took the stones and made a heap, and they did eat there upon the heap, and Laban called it Jagar Shadudatha, but Jacob called it Galid. And Laban said, This heap is witness between me and thee this day. Therefore was the name of it called Galid, and Mizpah, for he said, The Lord watched between me and thee when we were absent from one another. If thou shalt afflict my daughters, or if thou shalt take otherwise beside my daughters, no man is with us. See, God is witness between me and thee. And this heap be a witness, and this pillar be a witness. 
that I will not pass over this heap to thee, and that thou shalt not pass over this heap and this pillar unto me for harm. The God of Abraham and the God of Nahor and the God of their father judge between us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered sacrifices upon the mount, and he called his brethren to eat bread, and they did eat bread, and tarried all night in the mount. And early in the morning Laban rose up and kissed his sons and his daughters and blessed them, and Laban departed and returned unto his place. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host, and he called the name of that place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau his brother unto the land of Seir, the country of Eden. And that, my friends, is how the portion ends. It ends with chapter 32, verse 3. He seems, it's so strange. I mean, Jacob has some serious encounters with God, which should be expected. I mean, this is where the 12th tribe of Israel are coming from, out of the loins of Jacob. So it says, Jacob was on his way, and the angels of God met him. Interesting. And then when Jacob saw them, he said, God, this is God's camp. So he called the name of that place Mahanaim. And then he sends messengers to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, in the country of Edom. And next week's portion, we're going to see this collision between Esau and Jacob after it's been 20 years, right? Jacob fled because Esau wanted to kill him. We're stealing his blessing. And so now we're going to have that uh, that conflict or that reuniting between him and Esau. Okay, that is the portion for this week. I hope I didn't ramble too much or bore you too much. Hopefully the word of God spoke to you and you saw some awesome connections and put yourself in Jacob's shoes and try to understand the family drama that's going on. But not just the family drama, but this constant interaction between God and Jacob. You see the ladder. Angels are sent to Jacob. God's appearing to Jacob in dreams and he's appearing to Laban in dreams and warning Laban not to mess with Jacob. I mean, God's provision and sovereignty is all over Jacob. Nothing Jacob could do is going to end him, is going to interrupt what God's plan is. God's the ultimate chess master, right? Laban says, I'm going to go hurt Jacob. God says, nope, you're not. It's interesting. And it's a picture of God's sovereignty and how much we can trust that he is in control. We do not need to fear. Thanks for listening this morning, friends. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.